0: Done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Temporal Trek Podcast. I am your host, Dan, and with me is also. Dan. Hello. Uh, how are you i'm fine how are you yeah. I, with all with, now that we have two hosts it's, it's much easier i can don't have to worry about uh putting in any device sounds or anything uh calling you in it's-
1: yes absolutely yes i'm getting used to the office now and uh yes getting used to the work it's uh you know it's not quite what i expected but you know exactly but it's exciting yes temple temple investigations and we're doing the important stuff we're doing
0: the filing. I, I have to apologise, though, for um, uh, Mrs Fuzzy. She's molting everywhere. There's hair all over the floor. Um, it's it's not a clean work environment always when you're working with a tribal, but there we go. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, we are in Chrono Date. We're in season three, episode 23 of the podcast, and we're in season one, episode 21 of Enterprise. Again, we are still out of the Netflix order, so it could be 21, 22. It could all be jumbled up in timey wiminess. Uh, but this is Oasis. All right, I'll Kev. <laughs>
1: Hi Perry, how is Manchester? Yeah, you know
0: results, it's top mad for it.
1: <laughs> Did you go and see Oasis?
0: I might have done his asking.
1: Oh. Me.
0: Oh, yeah, right, so it's top mad for it. Now, I don't know if I'm going to edit in an Oasis uh, song there or anything like that. It's uh, I'm not entirely sure. I've got literally a list of all the songs on the side of my screen right now. So if there is a point in our conversation that mirrors one of these titles, you may get a few Oasis references because I'm trying to find anything to pad this episode out. Uh Before we get started, uh, any thoughts on Oasis? Is this one you remember? Is this a favourite? Is it not?
1: Um... It sort of is one I remember. Funny enough, it's not a favourite by any means. I ma- mainly mainly remember it for uh, René Aubergeron. Of course, that's the, the sort of the the only sort of not the only interesting thing, but one of the only interesting things about the episode, um, really. Um, and I kind of like it in a funny sort of way, but maybe we're we're we going and sort of talk about that. But yeah, it's. <laughs> again I'm gonna go hark back to my my thing really it's a, a typical first season episode not overly mem- memorable it's all right you wouldn't sort of rush to, uh, to 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 line it up in your watch list but you know it's there yeah, very true
0: we might say it's a bit whatever yeah I'm free to be whatever I here we go there we go it's an oasis song um
1: <laughs> it's certainly not supersonic, supersonic.
0: <laughs> right that's two checked off the list right okay I'm, i should just draw a little line on the screen um <laughs> yeah i don't remember i i, I remember Rene uh, uh being in the show at some point i couldn't remember if it was season one couldn't remember if it was season two i remember it was early but i genuinely cannot remember this episode or i did not remember when i first started rewatching it it was completely mind wiped um i forgot um the uh the female actress who was the the daughter character in the show um who will now become very famous for us because she will be in picard season two as the ball queen so the same actress is going to be carrying on so she'll be she'll, she'll be on you know on the tip of our tongue but um i completely forgot her name i didn't know she was in this episode um i know her from other things and um, other shows she's been in um uh there's been the runaways uh from the marvel the mc oh, yeah. tv universe yep. side of things um she was one of the mums in the pride which was the evil organization that the kids were fighting um but she will be more uh important to us going forward but as far as remembering this episode out of my head um Yeah, I I honestly just did not remember any of this. I appreciate the sort of haunted house ghost story that we're going to be talking about. But overall, uh, and as I've been saying uh, just before we start recording, I have two pages of notes. Normally, with all these episodes, I've got four pages because I'm literally listing out all of the scenes and just trying to highlight a, a topic to discuss. In here, the scenes, there's not very many of them like it's it's basically just back and forth back and forth on the enterprise to the yep. ship and not much happens um there's uh, the progression of the episode is pretty standard you can kind of see where it's going by the end yep. of it um, um you can even almost guess what the twist is um at the end because of certain clues that have been left throughout the whole uh, show um but Before we go into all of that, let's just get straight into the episode. So we're going for our L-Cars rating system. Now, this is our second episode of uh, 2022. So uh, just to recap for any new listeners joining us, L-Cars. It's locate the point in time, so basically discuss the episode. C is consequences. And if there's temporal shenanigans, that kind of changes to continuity. Is there any effect on continuity for the whole show? Um, and then we get the uh, A reference, which is uh, alterations or otherwise known as expansion sometimes. If there's something in the episode we want to know more about or C changed. Then we have R. Which is a two strand recommendation of basically, uh, do we recommend to Star Trek fans? Is it essential Star Trek? And do we recommend to non Star Trek fans? Uh, Is it a gateway drug to get people into being Trekkies? And then the last uh, criteria is just the setup for the next episode. And that is S. So that's our Elkars system. So in L, we go straight into the episode in the first scene. Now, I genuinely do like this Mm. this uh, pre-credits scene. Um, It's another instance of Enterprise just jump straight into the action. Rather than having a big build up, we come across a ship in space. We contact this trader, we get to know him, and then we invite him on board. It's straight into the mess hall. And uh, Trip is almost choking on some food, saying that some food is very spicy. And we find out that there is a Hal spice uh, that, uh, this, uh, trader Damar um, has found, uh, and, uh, you know, warlords like to test their, their courage by eating it because it is so spicy. I really like the makeup on mm-hmm. Damar in the scene. Um, we learn a bit more about triaxian silk and he wants to, um, uh, sort of trade in exotic goods, but he's more than happy to take some of their protein resequences perhaps to sell on. Um, but we get talk of engineering supplies, haunted ships. I uh, do you like the T'Pol that D- does say that she doesn't need to test her courage so she's not yeah. going to eat the spice.
1: Um, any thoughts on the Mestex? Yeah, I, I liked it as well. And I think um, what what made me think of actually was Voyager um, because mm. you often get those sort of traders that they come across in the Delta Quadrant. And that, that really made me think of that, you know, the the, the sort of exotic goods guys you know mm-hmm. that's a real sort of voyager thing so that made me think of that and i i like it as well i thought um i thought there might be a trade trade in here actually for um for for trip with his sort of comment about the silk it was a bit creepy wasn't <laughs> it it was a bit like oh no come on trip trip you know yeah yeah
0: <laughs> It, it was almost a trade, trade but as the as the episode goes in, what I'd normally do is I make all the notes, I go through, and then I rewatch it again to try and then highlight where you know he annoyed me again. And going back through, knowing that there's so many more creepy <laughs> moments later in the episode, I kind of gave him a pass in the <laughs> early one. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I don't want to come too hard down on him, but yes, yeah, I think you'd look all right. Into yeah,
1: workplace, it's her workplace, you know, it's, sort of you
0: know. Where's the other ensign, HR ensign, uh, on the ship dealing with all yeah, of these yeah. You absolutely, know, We've got Lieutenant Hess, Pooper Scooper, we need uh, the Quartermaster, we've got Chef, and now we need uh, also uh, Lieutenant HR. <laughs> uh, but I, I like the idea that there's going to be sort of a haunted ship mm. story to it, yeah. uh, because it will, it could so possibly going so many different directions um obviously we will get the twist eventually when we get through the episode but from this point before we go into the credits where was your mind already going what what do you think it
1: might have been um it's interesting because i i i I mean i didn't think ghosts because i'm not convinced that i don't think star trek really does ghosts i think it is Mm. i think there's been sort of things where they thought there's sort of mystery and stuff there's always been a scientific explanation in the end. So it's not it's not ghosts. But, you know, it could be it could be something going on. It's something interesting, certainly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, uh, unless there may be uh, uh, sex ghosts in a candle. Uh, I don't <laughs> think there's ever been any. Yeah, other No, you're right. That is
1: one ghost. Yeah, you're right. I've. Oh.
0: But, but even that was an alien entity that was able to find its way into a candle. Um, <laughs> how that works, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but uh, we uh, do get something that might play into our uh, criteria for recommends to non-Star Trek fans. Because this was the first time that I've watched an episode to make notes in front of my wife. Okay, Normally... I have my headphones on. She can't hear what I'm I'm watching. I have the phone on. And she has not seen a single episode of Enterprise up to this point. She knows that it exists. She's um, watched TNG before when she was a kid. And she's watched some DS9 when it was on BBC2. But, you know, we've got one of those relationships where Star Trek's my thing. So I just keep it to myself. So she really hasn't watched any Star Trek other than the movies, maybe. Um, She heard the credit sequence for the very first time. She's never heard Enterprise before. And her exact words, and I have it written down here, is, wow, that sounds and looks like the most awful TV show there could possibly be. (laughs) Her exact quote. Um, So that may play later in our ratings (laughs) criteria, but just wanted to point out that that was the credit sequence. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We cut to the bridge, and they have found this ghost ship. They uh, they have the camera pointed straight down again. We've got the the uh, visual sensors looking straight down to see sort of like a triangular ship. It almost looks Star Warsy, yeah. like a Star Wars destroyer. Um, uh, Trip makes a joke about how he calibrated the sensors for ghosts. Um, uh, he says that you know maybe we should go down there. There's a lot of duritanium mm. down there because we've suffered too many hole fractures which I thought was a nice little callback to all yep. of the little scrapes that they've had and some of the things we've been saying about season one that um, there have been so many times where it's never been alluded to that they've got resources to fix the ship where is all this coming from? They never mentioned mining. So this episode essentially answers that question. That's where it's coming from. They will go from planet to planet, find the resources and come it in. You know, they've already traded with this trader. So there was one supply route, everything except for cigarettes and alcohol.
1: Cigarettes
0: alcohol. Uh, yeah, you see, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, but they are sort of going through. I like that Travis is the one to bring up, um, that, you know, there are people down there. There yep. are bodies should we really be poking their bones. Yep. Um, it, it plays perfectly into his character. Yep. In fact, this entire episode because of the ghost stories mm. that have already been established, perfect reason for him to be in there. Um, which I also thought was a bit of a callback to sleeping dogs as yep. well. you know, we found a ship. Should we really be going down there? What, remember what happened last time with the
1: Klingons, that sort of yep. thing.
0: Um, Everything on the bridge, um, anything to come from that?
1: Um, no, I think you've covered it pretty well. Really, I think I agree. I think it's quite. Again, it's a nice setup. Um, it's, it's what I like about it is, is again, I've, what they seem to do quite well is this sort of matey, sort of quite relaxed feel on, on the bridge. You know, everyone's sort of chatting and stuff, and they they sort of know each other. Obviously, I mean, obviously they know each other, but you know, there's a, a quite a nice sort of relaxed atmosphere there and they're sort of making a little bit of a joke and stuff and you know it it works really well so it's a good start Hmm. whether the rest of the episode meets the the sort of you know (laughs) the early levels of the first couple of scenes is another question but we get on to that Uh, yeah it's it's weird because obviously you've got all of the other
0: Star Trek, they've they've established rules and regulations. There's this way that the crew talk yeah. um, that would have to be a certain way. You know, uh, one officer talks to the captain; he has to speak in a certain way. But obviously, that's not been established yet. You know, with with Enterprise, um, so it's it's unusual for this kind of scene to be in Star Trek. And if it wasn't a briefing yeah. scene, you know, they could be around the briefing. Is like, should we be down there? You know, what are the risks? Reed would be in there. Can we blow it up? You know, this sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, it was about much more sort of like, you know, how are we going to go about this? We've already set our minds on it. Um, uh, yeah, it's a much more uh, looser chain of yeah, command. definitely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they go down to the ship, and um, in classic horror movie style or ghost story style, they decide to split up, <laughs> and uh, they um, they send Travis and Archer in one direction, and we have uh, Trip and Paul in the other. Uh, There's great moments where Travis, because he is the ghost story expert is looking around saying, well, hang on a minute. If they left in such a hurry, why did they bother closing the door? He's pointing out, you know, this ship would have been scavenged within an inch, inch of the keel. Why is there so much still there? Um, it would have been taken away little by little. little little. Um, (laughs) sorry. It's just going to happen all morning. Um, uh, trip and to then go off in a di- different direction we get rats we see sort of creatures that are going around yeah. uh quite quite handy that those rats look like normal human <laughs> rats uh, normal earth rats there we go um but spooky ships heebie-jeebies the creeps the willies um that he seems pretty dense that he's talking to to pole this person he's worked with for nine months uh this is not a trade, trade this is just a bit of a dense conversation uh talking about how vulcans don't get scared yeah. well yeah she's she suppresses her yeah. emotions. Have you not been paying attention to it? Mean, yeah. we've, we've had quite a few episodes explaining this concept. Um, any thoughts on just the scary sort of build-up to before we meet the crew?
1: Yeah, again, I, I quite like this bit. Um, it's it's a sort of horror light. You know, it's not overly scary anything. It's a bit creepy, I suppose. It's a bit sort of, you know, but I quite like it and and um I think the characters come across like they are like sort of slightly. Ooh, what's going on? You know, they are a little bit creeped out, which works quite well. And I think I like the the interplay between Topol and Trip. Um, Topol is just, uh, you know, she's great. Again, in, in this episode, generally, I think you know she's so dry and so just sort of like you know, come on, just don't be an idiot. <laughs> and you know, I think you know she must go. Like, at the end of the day, she must go and just go. Oh, God. You know, she must go into her quarters and just think, oh, my God, I've dealt with these idiots all day long. They know I'm a Vulcan. You know, come on. <laughs> it must just, <laughs> oh, the poor woman must have so much repressed rage.
0: <laughs> she needs to go let it out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she
0: does, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, It's there's there's so many different moments. I mean, back in the, the mess scene when they were talking about the spice, there was a moment where she's just looking yeah. at both Archer and, and Trip and like, why yeah. are you doing this to yourself? Idiots. Yeah. Utter, utter yeah. idiots. And and in this one, yeah, she's just like, no, I don't get scared. There's a whole... The, 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 my entire culture is about not giving in. But she is the first to spot yes. the quote-unquote ghosts. Uh so to us the audience we now know there is yeah. something it's not made up stories it's not necessarily a um a ghost story it is an unusual creepiness yeah. um they find it curiously enough whilst they're looking at the dilithium and uh, now this call back to a uh, nexus night episode where just a few weeks ago you destroyed the universe just before christmas um and they say it's in perfect shape and that if uh, he could get the engines working, yep. this thing could just fly straight off the surface. Yep. So dilithium is essential to the ships. Uh, so interesting. And there is illusions in this episode that they can't go above a certain warp speed. So that their planet is a year yep. away. So... Slow warp speed still need dilithium. Yep. So, yep, still playing to that. Maybe by the time this episode comes up, someone's given us an answer. I'm constantly asking on, on Twitter, so I will be tweeting again this morning, uh, trying to get, you know, can you please answer this question? Uh, but there we go. Chapol sees it. Now, my mind went straight to Suluban. Mm. I, I don't know why you know because they can't detect them yeah. you know have they been given a, a genetic alteration so they can't be scanned uh, we saw a shadow and the speed at which they're moving yeah. uh, there was a creepiness a factor um, they don't want to be discovered that sort of mm. thing uh, and then maybe we find out later that DeMar was a trader that they've you know elicited to try and lure the Enterprise in maybe that was where my brain uh, was uh, yeah. going so I think I was picturing a far more action-packed yeah. episode than what we eventually yep. get But there we go um they track a person he goes through a wonder wall wall. and disappears and and um we find out there's a dampening field as they enter a garden a paradise um uh dampening fields something they've got experience with from back in civilization so why they didn't detect the evidence of a dampening field you know it's always confused me about dampening fields like how exactly do they work because if there's some way you can't scan a certain area well surely it's a dampening field yeah absolutely detect
1: yeah it's yeah you're right absolutely because yeah exactly this is just like a hole in your sensors oh that'd be a dampening field (laughs) yeah that's very interesting another one you know another sort of plot hole that we mm. need to explore maybe at some point.
0: You can't feel uh, sense a damping field till you're in the damping field. But if there is a damping field, why can't you defend yeah, it's very, very weird.
1: Schrodinger's dampening field. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it there? Is it not there? Um and uh is there a cat on board? Um the the crew reveal themselves and um the, they've got very colourful outfits yeah. and it kind of put me in a mind of sort of TOS. Okay. It felt like it was a classic yeah. TOS move. Yeah. You know, the these crazy strangers who turn up in, in colourful outfits. But from the moment you see them, the way they're sort of looking at each other and, and glancing at each other, something's already yeah. dodgy. You already know you can't trust this character and all of the crew. Um a- any thoughts on meeting the crew for the first time and Rene Aubergemois?
1: Um not really, because it just you know, they just sort of were there. That um, they they were slightly alien, not very. You know, it was a not. They didn't make a lot of. It. What interests me actually, something I spotted and was thinking about was how much of an effort they seemed to make on Demar the trader for his makeup. Mm. It was really good, and then they got this sort of like you know bit of sort of scaly skin. You know, that's about it really. And that's yeah, it. it was odd that they didn't make more effort to make him more alien. And, I mean, you know, obviously cost and stuff, but, you know, (laughs) they made a really, it was a really good alien, the first guy. And then they got this sort of slightly sort of almost sort of um, trill looking, trillish looking sort of Mm -hmm. aliens, but not, you know, not really made much of an (laughs) effort. You know, they haven't got a big nose or anything, or anything different. It just, you know, just got a bit of yeah. bit of scales or whatever they are on their on their um on their head. <laughs>
0: Do you reckon, like uh, Renee uh, just said, like, look, I spent seven years caked in makeup. I really don't yeah. want to go through that again. Like, Can right, we just yeah. have some side scales, yeah. please? <laughs> um, he was looking over at uh, you know uh, whoever was playing the trill that week, and it was like, "Oh, that that sounds really good. Yeah, let, let's just do that. Yeah. Let's just speckle the side of my face. That that's perfect." Um, uh, uh, yes, we go into Rene Abergionwa. Second time we've seen the actor in Temple Trek because we had him in Little Green Men as yes, Odo, course, yeah. and now we've got him here, here, um, and here we get another scene that will play against uh, recommends for a brand new star trek fan uh, again my, car- my my wife kerry has not seen an episode of enterprise she's never seen the character she actually doesn't know about my trip hatred she has literally no context here she didn't even know who the character of trip was so there is no context for her to know this i was watching the show he is having the first interactions with the girl yes. character now we don't learn her name at this point um but he is sort of standing in the corridor. She's sort of fer- furtively sort of standing off, and he's just like, Hey, how are you doing? And he's sort of slowly walking around. Can you talk? Oh, you can not talk? Well, then I apologize. Yes. And he's walking past. So, first of all, it's time you learned to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions. You've always been impulsive. One pan fried catfish. Show you to the nearest airlock. This is a trait <laughs> But also, <laughs> Kerry said, "Why is he meant to be the most creepy character in the room?" That was her exact quote. Cro- so, why is he being creepy? Um, so, without anything, that it's an automatic trait for me. If it's not coming from me and somebody else says it, then I, 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 I treat that as validation. <laughs> so, creepy trip is Brack. Uh, to Paul, calls him out quite rightly. She talks about his previous experience. She brings up yes. the zerillions. This is the first. First reference to the Zerillians as we go through the episode. Um, Would this side of Tripp's character even exist if this show was written in 2021?
1: Uh, You'd hope not, wouldn't you? You'd hope not. But I really like, I I love um, topoles way of doing it. Mm. And uh, I said to my partner last night we was watching it, I said, you know, it's lucky she's not emotional, isn't it? Because, (laughs) you know, I mean, that was such a, like, you know, just, she absolutely, I, I said to Carol, I said, you know, he needs some Vaseline. Because she just burnt him <laughs> really badly, and she, you know, it's it, really—I mean, the way she, you know, in her in a sort of Vulcan way, but she absolutely just wiped him out there. It's a good thing she doesn't look back in exactly. anger.
0: But don't look back in anger. I heard you say, hey, um, <laughs> it's going on. Uh, she brings uh, some food in the next scene and they're going to talk about it. So as Paul leaves and she's just drilling him. I mean, if her eyes could to pierce, she could fire lasers. If that was her alien talent, that would be fantastic because she would just burn trip there in a moment's notice. But Liana sort of talks to him and he's kind of getting an idea there's something wrong, um, you know, you can go home soon because we could take you there. Um, Very 60s, very Mm. TOS. Also, a a sort of reference for me is Forbidden Planet. Yes. Uh, One of my favourite old sci-fi films. You know, it's, you know, the the old scientist, his daughter on the planet. This crew have come along and and they're going to rescue her. Um, There isn't sort of a a monster character to go with Forbidden Planet. But, of course, another reference. Yeah, Forbidden Planet also comes from The Tempest from Shakespeare. Indeed. So we've got a lot of Tempest going yep. on here. You know, the the innocence of the girl yep. being sort of, um, uh, you know, spoiled by the newcomers coming to the island, this oasis that they have created uh, on the planet. Um Just any thoughts on, you know, taking basically what is a Shakespearean plot and just plopping it into Star Trek? Uh, it's been done many times throughout the times, yep. but any thoughts on
1: it? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that was something that, that occurred to me that, you know, I suppose the the... The holograms are sort of the, the the monster in a way. Then you know they're not in the, played out quite the same way, but they're sort of the defenders, I suppose, in some way. They're more almost more like Robbie the robot, maybe, mm. rather than um, rather than the monster. Um, mm. The monster, as you say, doesn't really appear in this. But yeah, definitely you can see. I'm sure if they didn't sort of plan it that way, then I'm sure at some point they would have thought, oh, okay, this is this is going this way. Um, so yeah, no, definitely. There's that. I mean, they do say there's like six stories or something, isn't there? And and this is one of them, basically. You know, the sort of innocence lost and and that sort of thing. You know. So yeah, I mean, it's. I suppose you can't avoid it in some ways, but I I think that's the best part of the episode in a way. The the sort of her her development, her experience. You know, and I think um, we're going to talk about it, but. The thing I find most frustrating is that it, the, the reasons for being there so long was never, I don't think it was ever really explained. And, you know, I think there's, there's, well, again, we'll talk about this later, but there are reasons. But I think, um, I, I wonder whether a big part of it was trying to protect his daughter. I mean, we don't, we know nothing about what's going on on the planet where they, they live and stuff, you know, whether it was a, you know, a, a nice society, for want of a better word, or whether it was difficult, you know, whether it was wars and stuff, and, you know, maybe he sort of just thought, well, actually, we're here now. Perhaps we can just, mm. just sort of stay, you know, why not sort of thing, you know. But anyway, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think um, there's definitely, you know, hints of, of the Tempest and um, of Food and Play, definitely. Mm
0: yeah i mean that that was something that's always playing in my mind as we go through the episode and every time i rewatch it as well for the for the notes was there's no mention of what society was that he left Mm. um in the tempest prospero leaves because he is ejected he is exiled by his own family so there is an animosity there he doesn't want to go back so they stayed on the island in forbidden planet the man crash landed down there but he finds this technology the ancient technology and he is you know, trying to explore that and creates the id monster and, and they become trapped um in this there isn't sufficient reason other than his yes. gift i think um, yeah uh, yeah at, at letting him down in an engineering capacity yeah. um there isn't really any other reason for him to, to not leave no. they could stay on the ship and fly away and never go back to their homeworld. Um he could stay on the ship, and they could have this whole uh, exchange. We wouldn't have needed the Damas scene at the beginning of the episode. They could have just come yeah. across the ship, but you know they're they're floating in space, but they don't care yeah. you know they've got this oasis literally yeah. an oasis in space um and I think the title would have made a little bit more sense mm. in mm. That, in that regard yeah. Yeah. they've got a whole planet yeah they've got um you know um uh, all, around all around the world um. They've got uh, resources and uh, stuff that they can they can pull through. It doesn't look like an inviting planet by any no, means, but that's right. there's, there seems like there's enough there to make a life. Yeah.
1: Well, they say at one point, is it? It might be this scene actually where they say that um, they can't grow stuff outside outside mm. of the ship. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's not really an oasis. Is it? I mean, I suppose it's a tiny oasis. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. It, as if, I'm sure we go, we talk more about this, but it's. Mm. I think that's the most frustrating thing about the episode. There isn't really a solid sort of reason for why this is happening, you know. Initially there were been, you know, the, the, I don't know, it's it's yeah, it's 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 frustrating in that way, I think. It, it it lacks it lacks just a little bit of just a, a one little element that that will make this make sense. Why are they there after 20 21 years or whatever it is they they're there for? why are they still there you know that other than his guilt but then you'd think that you know over time he's maybe he's sort of guilt about his daughter being isolated would would trump that in some ways you know mm. and even after yeah. 21 years I mean I know you, you would feel guilt of course you would but it would be less surely by then you know by then you'd start to think well okay you know it, it went wrong I didn't mean it to go wrong you know what you know and you'd sort of start to understand it in your own head a bit i think
0: mm-hmm. and knowing that his solution to the problem and what he has done with the crew uh, is so heavily reliant on technology you'd think that you know if he could get the engines working and trip seems to think that's more than possible yeah. um why not fly out to the stars to a place where you could get help and fix the technology yeah. um and you know to get that going and keep it going um Sitting there and hoping for the best that someone comes along and be able to fix your computer core, as they ask him, um, it seems an unusual strategy. Yep. You know, even if he wants to keep his his daughter on the ship all the time, there are other ways he could have gone about it. He could have made up stories about how the home world is horrible, yes, yeah. so that she wouldn't want to go yep. home. Um, and you know, that would have been perfectly feasible um and it would just been a a control a controlling aspect of the father character that I think would have made it more Mm. believable as why they never left before this point other than that it's just so the Enterprise has something to do this week (laughs) that's it um uh reed archer and travis um, they are in a briefing scene so we've gone from sort of the the chumminess on the bridge now it is a proper briefing scene and reed is spotting the mystery uh, suspicious reed it uh, doesn't suggest um blowing anything up uh but he said whoever attacked this ship is long gone yep. um but their hydroponics isn't big enough so now they can scan through the dampening field um there isn't enough food to feed that many people so how on earth are they doing it um There's uh, a look around engineering. uh, Liana, as we've now found out her name, um, is looking around and they use the utility lift and they get in and they're squashed inside the utility lift. They couldn't go one on one. There's a ladder, a perfectly good ladder, right next to the lift. There is no need for this blocking. Um, Whoever decided that, whatever the director was doing, I don't know. Um, But it led to a big eye roll from my wife. I think practically her, her eyes were going to go backwards in her head, <laughs> to the point where I had to literally get, do a face palm, a Picard face palm, because I just couldn't bear watching this episode anymore in front of my wife. Um, <laughs> uh, any thoughts on them discovering the mystery
1: now? Yeah, I think um, the bit that I thought about actually was a bit where I think just after this scene in, in the lift, where he um, he says something about. I've been to loads of, or oh, going to lots of planets, but what's your favourite planet? And right now it's this one. And it's just, like, oh, <laughs> really? I mean, I suppose, you know, she hasn't had the experience of being hit on by, by creepy guys. So maybe it'd work, but it's okay. just like, really mate? I mean, that is just bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I mean, It just doesn't come from anywhere no none of the dialogue feels natural in any way if that was his character if he was a creepy character that we were supposed to hate the whole way through the show it would make sense even though you wouldn't like what he's saying it would make sense but he's supposed to be a character we like and just those words coming out of his mouth Uh, if this was a character that we've had a whole two acts and he's developed a relationship and now he's saying i like this planet it would be a lot more like archer in civilization yes. by the end of it he's saying this planet i won't forget yeah. anytime soon it kind of makes yeah. sense. it's still creepy it's still you know ugh, <laughs> just gets you at the back of the throat but um you know it's yeah it just it, it baffles me why that dialogue stays in the edit. Do you know know what it
1: made me think of? It It made me wonder whether actually, you know, basically they meant to write this for Reed and someone in Uh... the the script department put the wrong name. (laughs) You know, like this should have been Reed that was saying this because this is Reed down to a T, you know.
0: It really is. That's such a good point. Yes, it should have been
1: a Reed episode, yeah, shouldn't it? Definitely, it should have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's like he's taking on the, the personality of Reed in some bizarre way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Something else happened in that shuttle. Yeah, exactly. Pod yeah. Just yeah, That's what it is. Um, uh, Reed, um, it continues to be suspicious the whole yeah. way through. Um, but Trip and Archer find out that he was just being a perfect gem. Exactly. Uh, it has to be called out again. Yeah he was being about why is it so many times that everyone has to question him the fact that he has to be questioned on being a gentleman yeah. all the time um I, i'm just saying I, I feel very validated by this episode just saying um there's uh, strange behavior there's a date with module that they're going to find um that it turns out it was an accident they weren't attacked and now they're finding some bodies They're using Flox's data and they find that um, there are the bodies of the exact crew that they have just been talking to. And they've, they found them, which kind of pushes you back into the whole ghost story element. You know, if you don't really know your star Trek, you wouldn't know that that was a possibility. And again, my wife, Kerry was like, why are they doing ghost stories? I thought this was star Trek. So even she thought there's, you know, ghost stories don't belong in this episode. Um, T'Pol is investigating and she gets cornered by the crew yes. and abducted. So there's no uh, poll abductions quota here at the moment. Um, I think this is now only the second time in the season she's been abducted. So there we go. Um, but it's starting to see the, the turn. You know, you've got the crew, you've got the bodies, and now you've got to see them conveniently enough just turning on T'Pol as they are discovered, even though there's no yes. way that they could find out that those two things are related. Um Again, are you still thinking that it was the twist that was going to be coming, or did you sort of think it might be something else
1: going on? Um, no, at this point, I mean, I think um, I, I wasn't really sure. I thought maybe it was just that they there was something there was something going as you say there was something going on underneath that we weren't aware of yet, and they were protecting mm. that for some reason. I hadn't. I mean, I, I guess with with the body being discovered in the, the escape pod. It obviously wasn't them, like physically Mm -hmm. them. And I suppose, really, I mean, I think it just made sense to be holograms because it's Star Trek, you know. Um, So, yeah, I I never really brought into the whole ghost story thing of it at all, really, because, you know, as you say, it's not... Ghosts aren't really a thing in Star Trek. You know, there's always a technological answer underneath any of these sort of mysteries like this. I I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't think of one off the top of my head, but Mm. there's always,
0: yeah, there's always a non corporeal entity.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's always something like some kind of alien or some kind of, you know, some kind of sort of consciousness or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So no, I I knew Mm. it. No, it wasn't ever ghosts for me. Yeah. It's, it's weird
0: because obviously if you didn't have that reference if you don't know that star trek doesn't do ghost stories we don't do ghost stories um you know they, they there would be no sort of reference point for that so again it will probably play into our references and our recommendations for non-star trek fans but it is unusual for them to go down this route yeah. um uh, liana is sort of being pressured by both uh well all three really archer reed and uh trip uh, to get answers out of her and i f- felt really sorry for her like she's been brought up to this yep, ship sure. and she's on the enterprise a ship she'd never seen amongst an entire crew which we did find out earlier a third yes. are female a third of the crew are female very interesting st- statistic yep. there it made me thought you know is yep. it that you know gender equality is so good now uh, that we've got male female and then we've got you know everyone who doesn't uh, conform to uh, b- the bi- binary yep. system yep. Um, so I thought maybe you know the other third is somebody who doesn't, yeah. it's yeah. or, or, you know maybe is them or or identifies as a different thing, um, or whether maybe gender equality isn't so great still in the twenty second century and most are male, and it's just a third of the female. That's quite a depressing statistic yes. if you look at it the other yeah. way. Um, but yeah, I felt really sorry for Liana. I felt like she was being pressured yes. into giving out the secrets for the for the shit um, that you know she says we don't owe you answers we don't owe you uh, an explanation we just want some yeah. help um but trip does say you know we could save you you know uh, three years 30 years doesn't matter how long you've been here we can take you home that's the most important thing and that's i suppose something we've been talking about mm. as well um for our own well-being yes
1: absolutely yeah yeah i think um it's, it's a very typical sort of archer thing archers can be very mm. intense it can be very like it's very sort of He's quick to anger quick to sort of yeah. aggression and this is, is quite aggressive in a way you know he's like very he's angry that he hasn't been told the truth which I guess I can understand to a degree you know you'd think well what's you know what is going on but you wouldn't be I don't know if you'd be angry you'd be be sort of confused and sort of you know but he's very sort of like Ugh, you know you've lied to us and therefore it's you're awful. And again, I think mm-hmm. that plays into him as a, as a character. It's very much, he's, he's quick to sort of react to stuff. Yeah.
0: And he doesn't still yet know any context between um, what's going on on the planet, her father and their relationship. Yep. You know, is this an abusive yep. relationship? She doesn't want or feel comfortable talking yep. to a bunch of strangers about what's going on. She may have been taken away physically onto another ship, but that doesn't mean she necessarily feels yep. safe. And in fact, that's reinforced in the next scene when she goes back and she says, I didn't yes. talk about this, so yes. I didn't mention anything. And he then goes on to shame her for looking at the engineer. Yep. And he's sort of playing on that aspect. Um, there is a controlling aspect to his personality, yes. which, again, if they'd reinforced over and over again that he was making up stories about the homeworld and things like this, um, it would have, I think, played better yep. into that character. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it offered a bit more of an explanation.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh Trip is then taken hostage as well, and they're gonna try and exchange um uh him for, for to Pole. Uh we get an armed assault from Reed. Uh he must be in his element, he must have been pitching <laughs> to get through those tubes. But uh, Liana is then sort of trying to go in and talk to, to Trip, and she's getting the guards to do whatever she says, and she says they always do what yes. I say, um, which is very confusing. Like she's got control, yeah. but she doesn't have control. Yep. So it, it kind of plays back on everything we've just been talking yeah. about. Because um, if she if they do everything she says, does that negate any of the tension that's about to come up? Because she could literally just say there and then, look, Let, let's just stop this. Let's just tell them what's going on.
1: Yes, I guess it does in a way. I mean, I think that bit was probably just to get her in the room alone so that she could pull the, the, um, the little data module things out. So you know, again, maybe that was something they had they didn't really think through and didn't really go hang on a minute. What does this? How does this affect? You know, what what the the possibilities and and so I think that was probably a a, a real weak moment actually. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you look at it for the, I mean, it made sense to some degree that you know they they yes they are they are um um holograms. They're not people. They they've been programmed so. It makes a bit of sense that she has a bit of more control or a bit more authority maybe than a hologram mm. that makes sense but it does affect how the the episode should play out because of that, that mm. one fact but it's obviously a, a plot device to get her in there so that she can pull the things out so
0: all the things yeah yeah it's i mean uh she's electric with uh um lots of different things um she's electric uh with all of her friends and chums but she realises she has to pull the plug she she has to make sure that this um uh, just brings it to an end that she can't go ahead with it there's a phaser fight yep. reed is yes. shot so he's already in the action he gets a little shot um but they're firing through the yep. alien crew And now we get the first sense that you know the crew aren't really there. It really is just this thing. Now, we could have worked that out earlier, and this is something I mentioned earlier. We had our first Cerulean reference, and then we had a second Cerulean reference earlier on when he gets the first look at the core. And it's sort of played into as well that I've worked on something like this on a Cerulean ship. Now we know it's holograms. Um, It all kind of works in through there. Um, Poor CGI. The little fight between the, the characters. So the phase of fire goes through them he goes to grab one of the crew he's sort of wrestling with him from behind and then falls through the bulkhead but it looked like someone was falling through a green screen (laughs) it there there was that that outline of the person (laughs) and going through It, it just didn't convince me at all um any thoughts on on poor cgi
1: i think unfortunately that this show was made just at that point where the cgi was good enough to do cgi if that makes sense um but not quite good enough to to stand up to scrutiny 20 years later mm-hmm. you know or even at maybe at, no at the time i think you probably like all these things you know you it's really weird when you watch old films and stuff you know people were taken in by those films and and you know and sort of went with them and then but then mm-hmm. when you come to back to look at them later on you know you can see all the the strings for one of a better word you know um and it's really interesting how that happens because I think it happens the same. I mean, even like with slightly more modern films, when you look at sort of like films made in, say, 2010, you know, wow. even then mm-hmm. they're already, they're beginning to look. You're like, how did you, you know, how did this work? I mean, you know, this looks ridiculous. You know? <laughs> so I think CGI is one of those things that will always do that where, you know, when you watch it the first time, it, 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 it's fine. When you come mm-hmm. back and it's improved and all the rest of it, then then you see these little things that you just wouldn't have noticed at the time. And I think, unfortunately, for for, for Enterprise, it was made at that point where that was the nature of, of CGI. It just wasn't quite there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's weird that it probably would be better if they did the whole TOS thing where it just blinks and goes, there, and they would go back to that kind of thing. It's one of the few times we're probably using the old sixties way yes. of doing things It'd probably be just as much that the, the character just blinks out of existence. Yep. It doesn't fizzle yeah. out. It doesn't fall through a bulkhead. It just goes away. Yep. Um, But we've now found out that they are holograms. She's pulled out the circuits. And now we kind of get the emotional crux of the episode. It is right up to the end of the episode, really. It's just them dealing with, well, what do we do now? How are we going to change this? Uh, We find out that he made them to be real. Um, He might say that he made them to live forever.
1: forever.
0: That uh, the ship wasn't attacked. It wasn't even an accident. Actually, the crew... Uh, flew the ship through an ion storm. It's always an ion yes. storm, strangely enough. Um, and because he left his post to go and talk to his daughter and take care of her, um, that it caused a big rift, uh, a problem in the engines, and they crash-landed. Um, you know, Thankfully, it was an ion storm. It wasn't a champagne supernova.
1: In a champagne supernova in the sky. Um, oh, that was, a, that was a, I'll give you credit on that one That was a good one mate <laughs> oh, I like that one up, up till now it's been really reaching
0: But that one was I yeah, thought, the best one
1: um, <laughs> um, It's now
0: again My daughter is not your concern yeah. It's her choice Does she want to survive? Does she want to live? Yeah. Um, it's, that is really the, the big uh, Crux of the episode We've taken two acts to get to this point Where I think this is the more interesting yeah. discussion Um Do you feel like it should have happened a bit earlier? And maybe we should have had more of this emotional uh, story? Or do you feel like there should have been more action to begin with? um, Something a bit more... A bit like Sleeping Dogs, where there's like the ticking clock. Things could go wrong at any minute. Now that the Enterprise crew have turned up, it's destabilised something, and they're going to fall through the cracks of like a fissure or something. And if they don't save the crew, there's going to be a problem. You know, should they have engineered maybe some more tension
1: to the episode? I think... um what would have worked really nice is if there was more sort of conversations or scenes between the daughter and the father, Mm. rather than like allow sort of seeing it as the crew, as as the enterprise crew early. I think this works quite nicely actually, but I think there there needed to be more interplay there so that, Mm. you know, you built up, I don't know, like there was more sort of, he was saying, well, you know, we can't go back because of this and, you know, or, you know, or, don't listen to these guys because they're going to, you know, they're going to sort of try to sort of stop you living a good life or something, you know, all those, but more of those little sort of interchanges between the two of them, I think would have worked better. Then, then it was sort of, then would have come out to the enterprise crew, Mm. but we would have seen this building up ourselves. I think that would have been a a good way of doing it.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, there's only a a total sum of three scenes between the two of them, even though they are father and daughter in the entire episode. Um, even once uh they decide to take her home or they're going to take her or make the offer at least um and they bring the crew back online so that they can fix the ship and then they could change things there isn't that emotional resolution between the two uh. of them uh, even um uh, renee a wild's character goes to captain archer in his ready room but she's not yeah. there they are talking about yeah. her but they're not including her it just seems very very strange there is a mention a very odd mention that there was no hollow doctor for 22 years um that means that she went through everything that girls go through when they go through puberty without a doctor character that sounds horrific um, i just i can't even imagine like what it, uh, was have to to go on there but she had no medical emergencies in 22 for exactly, years yeah or him yeah yeah yeah
1: i mean i think that was quite an interesting thing and and, and um In a way, I wish they hadn't done it because it was just such an obvious nod to the Doctor in Voyager Hmm. that it was just a bit like... It was a bit like... um, I think there's a couple of times... I think Archer says at some point where he says something about, you know, until there's a a prime directive, or I don't think he actually says prime directive, but until there's a set of rules, you know, Hmm. of how you do this stuff, I'm going to, you know... And it's just like... I quite like it in a sunny sort of way. Again, this is fan service and I've, I've got a real issue with fan service, as you know. Um, yeah, but in a way I wish they hadn't done it because it's just a little bit too sort of, it's almost like what should have happened was trip should have delivered the line and then sort of turned to the camera and winked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was a bit like that. Um, <laughs> they should do. I think uh, there should be a
0: point you know, every time throughout the season. where, like, you see what we're doing yeah. here. <laughs>
1: It's a oh. bit like that, and you know, it was nice fan service in a way because you know everyone goes, "Oh yeah, the Doctor. Oh yeah, that's funny," but I don't, as I say, I'm not a big fan of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just unusual that that uh, you know they didn't even think to mention that there was a hollow Doctor and, and things like that because yeah, people go through these sorts of things. You know, when you think of uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks and he has to do the the dentistry mm. on himself because his tooth. You know, a simple thing of removing a yeah. tooth. Um, you would need a doctor. Yeah. You need someone to yeah. do it. Um, but, yeah, there we go. It, it, it sort of breaks that believability. Yeah. When I'm watching a show like that, how do they get through a day without yeah. a doctor? This is uh, the second time we've seen aliens using holograms. Yeah. Obviously, the aliens were an earlier version of that. And it's the third time overall that we've seen holograms of some sort being used, uh, whether it's ours or whether it's aliens as well. And um, so just you know, yeah. keeping a tally going of how much holographic technology exists 100 years before TOS era. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to help us later on when we get to discovery. No, no, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, the Hollows are back. They're fixing the ship. There is a nice little thing, and it is a callback to an earlier scene where they're talking about ice cream, mm. where he gave her ice cream for the first time, and that seemed quite sweet. That didn't seem creepy no, no, in any way. I agree. And I think if their relationship ended on that, and like he gave her a bowl of ice cream, and that you know things can change, I think that would have been a really nice way to end the episode. Yes. Instead, they end on a kiss between yeah, the two of them. Yeah,
1: a very, really strange kiss as well. I thought yes oh i'm so glad yeah, that you no, think i agree right. it was
0: yeah it was kind of odd yeah there was, there was i mean there was a, a suggested thing between them but it feels like it was all coming from Trip yes and it wasn't really coming from yeah. her and yeah i was just wondering if it, it rubbed you the wrong way yeah it, a little it?
1: bit it was, <laughs> it was it was it felt very uncomfortable it was almost like the actors were like you know, yeah. you know <laughs> this is perhaps they just really didn't get on with each other in real life you know they, it was a really difficult f- thing to make because they were like you know really just mm. and at the end they're like oh god we've got to do this you know and it, it just sort of played out on the screen it didn't yeah it didn't feel comfortable at all it it's uh,
0: it's almost like she didn't acquiesce oh, To um, to the whole situation, um, not to cast no, cast no shadow. On the episode, right? Sorry, that's the last one. It wasn't like she was kissing
1: a rock and roll star, was it? <laughs>
0: yeah. I was looking at that on the list. Like, how am I going to get rock and roll star in there? Oh, never mind. Uh, but that is the end of the episode. And I think that is a record. We've done it in under an hour yes. uh, talking about it. Yeah, so, so that's pretty good. Wow. But there we go. We have located the episode. Uh, any other thoughts, anything we missed out that you might have had uh, a thought or two about? No,
1: not really. I think, yeah, I think we covered it, really. I don't think there's anything we missed out. I mean, what's interesting with this episode for the first time, I think, is that we did miss out quite a lot and it didn't feel like we'd missed anything. Mm. which is quite interesting in its own way, I think. Mm.
0: There are, There's lots of little scenes, there's yeah. little lines here and there that potentially has a lot of impact, mm. but really doesn't play no. into the
1: episode at all. No, it's strange, because I don't know why that is, because I think we're, we're going to sort of, you know, recommendations and stuff, but I don't think it's an awful episode, and it's certainly not an awful no. first season episode for Enterprise. So, uh, I wonder, uh, yeah, I wonder why that is, that we, you know, miss so much without missing it, but... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's and it's not a it's not an episode that's never played again. Um, in DS Nine, they had Shadow yep. Play, which is another Rene Obersonois episode yep. of DS Nine. Um, so we've seen this play out in Star Trek before. I wonder if that is more satisfying overall, or whether th- this kind of episode just doesn't seem to work in Star Trek. You know, you bring it out, and maybe it's just—it's just one of those ones that just happens to be there. It just fills up the episode quota, so you get your twenty-two episodes. I, I
1: think there is that to a degree, and I think I think you hit on quite an interesting thing with the TOS references. It's, it's mm. a very TOS episode. You, as you say, you could mm. imagine—I mean, it would all be a little bit more colourful. It would all be a little bit more mad, but it would fit mm. into TOS. You know, it's sort of—it's it, got. Um, sort of, I don't know, reflections of um, the one with the hippies. I can't remember which one, what that's called. You know, do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, The Way to
0: Eden. Eden, That's it, yes.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't, the story... thing, all the holograms just singing around. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, I think, yeah, it's it's TOS without being that 60s psychedelic thing. Maybe that's what Mm. it needed. It needed to be a bit more mad, a bit more sort of over the top and, you know... Maybe that's what it lacked.
0: Maybe if it had been that there was an evil scientist element mm. to um, René Aubergeois' character, that he, anytime someone visits the ship, all the crew are actually his versions of people who tried to scavenge yeah. the ship. Yeah. There was a darker element yeah. to it. And actually, the, they were um, toned down holograms of other people's synaptic pathways yeah. that he was scanning. Yeah. And then he goes and kills yeah. them. You know, there would be a really dark, sinister side yeah. to it. And another reason why he doesn't leave, yes. because he needs that ready supply yes, of yeah. people to yeah. kill and, and so forth. And it's just him protecting. And then, you know, Prospero, if we're going tempest route, Prospero is Caliban. You know, you've got both of those characters combined into yep. one. That would be a really interesting, dark yep. premise for the episode and probably make it a little bit uh, more interesting and, and give it that input. Absolutely. And at the end, um, you'd
1: have like this bit at the end where... You know, he sort of presses a few buttons and a hologram of archer appears.
0: Mm, yes, he's going to turn him. Yes. And then he gets the speckles <laughs> down the down the side as well. It's like, I'm going to make you look like one of us. Um, yeah. Well, uh, let's go into consequences. Yes. Is there any consequence from this episode then? No, I don't think so.
1: No. <laughs> I mean, again, I suppose the only consequence or the only sort of thing they take away is that they, they're aware of holograms again. It's another, you know... Mm-hmm. Again, this is this feeds back into my thing about trading and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Why why not sort of asking for that technology? Why not and I mean I know it's gotta fit into the timeline of the you know, the rest of trek and stuff, but but yeah, that's some just a general moan I have about this. <laughs> so Yeah, if
0: even, even if it took fifty years for yeah. that species to to join the Federation and blah 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 blah, blah that's only fifty years holograms would be well up to you know holog- holodeck standard yeah. tng standard by the time um, captain kirk's Actually, rolls yeah. around um, so we could easily see that technology coming into the federation much much mm. earlier um but there we go yeah i can't really see anything you know be careful when helping people yeah. but that seems to be a general theme of all star trek um yeah and it does play into what paul was talking about last time if they start off good turns out that they're probably like the bad character by yes. the end. And he was. Yeah. You know, he was trying to be amenable. And it turns out that actually he was um the one who was kind of holding yes. her back, keeping her on the planet. Not necessarily for bad no. reasons. You know, there wasn't evil malice no. to it. But he 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 ended up blaming himself and that it was actually him and he was suffering uh, that aspect, the guilt. But yeah, he's he is the sort of antagonist really when it comes down to it, when you're looking for one in this yeah. in this story. But the fact I have to look for an antagonist yes. maybe is the problem yes. for the Absolutely. story. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, alterations, expansions. Is there anything from this episode you want to go back to, ever see again? Uh, you know, should Reed have blown some more stuff up? Um,
1: anything at all? Um, I just think, really, what we've talked about through the, you know—just a little bit more. I think understanding um, his motivations a bit better would have been good. You know, there needed to be a more solid reason why he's waited this left it for this long, you know, and why that that come at the end and was sort of explained very quickly and and lacked depth because of that. Mm. There needed to be Mm. sort of spotted through the, the episode, little bits of reasons or you know, even if it was just like I don't know just this guilt this guilt thing was was more clear you know right from the start you know maybe rather than having a beginning bit on the enterprise it should they should have the beginning bit should have been on the planet on the on the ship and sort of him i don't know expressing this guilt somehow you know so mm. like just to give it more depth because that's what i think it lacked it lacked that real sort of understanding of his reasons for why he made the choices he made initially i can understand yeah. the choices you know he was guilt would have been there but 21 years yeah. down the line i don't understand why he's still where he is so i think that's what he needed just that little bit of fleshing out of of his motivation and stuff
0: yeah i think if maybe the daughter had been younger maybe if it had been a, an actual girl yes. you know 10 10 years yes. old um one it would have got rid of the ickiness yeah. between um well uh, hopefully anyway love <laughs> well yeah yeah there we go there's a whole other aspect to that storyline um but yeah it, they, it wouldn't have had a bit a, a love story yeah. element to it that didn't need to be yeah. there and wasn't played out well in the episode yeah. um that there's a girl there is maybe child safety yeah uh, there is that element too. but i like your idea that you know it would start with them interacting and, and maybe him talking to the holograms and saying look i you know there's we've detected a yes. ship in orbit maybe there's another way you know the holograms are trying to convince mm. him that there's almost mm. like a a healing um uh, psychoanalyst maybe there is a, a doctor but it's a it's a counselor unfortunately there wasn't the program for the doctor on board but the, the counselor program was there and it's him you know in a darkened mm. room just saying that i still feel guilty yep. and you know we get this sense that there is a big big problem for yep. him um And it's rescuing children and there would have been that aspect to to this episode that would have been interesting to see, you know, how does Star Trek deal with, um, not necessarily abuse, but helping kids out who have been held back by parents or, uh, you know, that's a real aspect that we've never seen before. We've never seen children um, placed in that kind of harm's way um, by adults they've always just been left on a planet and they're the only ones alive because the adults will died out because of a disease. Um, but we've never seen anything where the, the parents should be questioned about how they're raising children or, you know, that uh, Star Trek and the Federation Starfleet should be maybe a child services element to it. Um, and that this is where it comes from, you know, the, the, the idea that Starfleet is looking after the universe. It's like, well, you know, we're looking out for everybody. Yep. Um, Maybe there should have been that element. I don't know. But I don't know how that would work as a story. Um, and what we got maybe is the only way it works. Yep. Maybe. But there we go. Uh, that That is the expansions, the alterations. I don't think I really want to come back to it. I wouldn't want to know more about the species. No. We don't really know anything more about them. They've got holographic technology. But, um, again, don't really know enough to want to go back. Recommendations is next. Do we recommend to Star Trek fans? No. <laughs>
1: I normally expand at this point, but you know I'm not going to just know. I think we've we've explained it. We've expanded yeah. enough.
0: Yeah, it's it's an enjoyable enough episode, but it's just not essential. No. It is one of those episodes that I think gets lost by the new way of doing TV. Yeah. Um, when you have your 12 episode seasons uh, with Discovery and so forth, you miss these ones out. These are a bit of fluff. Yeah. There's really nothing to yeah. it in the end. Um, we don't get these anymore, no. uh, and there's probably a good reason yeah. for that.
1: Well, yeah, there is, but this is again coming off a subject or coming off a topic slightly. But I sort of miss the long, long seasons. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can live with a yeah, few fillers to to have that long. You know, I would love disco to be twenty-four episodes long. You know, and I think, Very I think, true. in some ways, we could, we'll talk about this at some point in our in our future lives, I'm sure. But um, I think it would benefit from it. If anything, I don't think the 12 episode seasons have really benefited Disco particularly or, or, or Picard for that matter. But um, but that's, mm. a, that's a, maybe a discussion for, what's it now, probably about three years time or something by the time we get there?
0: Yeah, something But yeah, it should be there. Well, I mean, you know, if, if we stay on track, we could get through season two and season three of Enterprise in one year, impossibly possibly getting through there we'll just have to see um but yeah it's yeah the just the, get the discovery way of doing things does mean that we miss out on a lot and there are lots of characters i would love to know more yep. about in that show that we still don't know much about we know now that um spoilers reese uh, is a bit of a thrill seeker and no likes some kite surfing uh we know Awashikun shakun um, uh, grew up on a, a luddite farm and you know it rejects technology but again no expansion on that and detmer had a bit of ptsd last season which seems to be resolved now but we're not entirely sure other than that i, I sort not know anything about reese uh, for bryce um so completely lost yeah. there um yeah what happened to octopus head remember the lady with the yes. giant octopus head yeah. at the back of the the bridge i'm pretty sure she came with them to the 32nd century but she's nowhere to <laughs> be seen um you know, I'd like to see him back, Linus. Yes. I saw Linus in the back of an episode shot. One little blink and you miss it moment. Linus, a fantastic yeah. bloke. Why don't we know more yeah. about him? Ah, uh, there we go. Anyway, that I'm talking about a completely different show. Um, this is Enterprise. Um, but uh, yeah, with Enterprise, it's nice to have filler. But I feel like this one just didn't no. go anywhere. It just, it didn't, it didn't serve. But we don't learn anything about Trip. That we don't necessarily want to know yeah. um and it does seem to be more of a trip episode than it did anyone yep. else yep um right non-star trek fans do we recommend to non-star trek fans you know where my comes <laughs> no <laughs> yeah that's it. It's not an entryway. It's not a gateway. And I've proved it by having someone who's never watched Enterprise in the room with me when I was watching it in the first place. In
1: fact, it's one of um, those shows, it's one of those episodes where maybe actually it'd be the one where they go, I've got to get out of this, man. <laughs> I'll go on. You know, like, you know, where like sort of drug addicts and, and alcoholics and stuff have their, their, their bottom moment, you know, where they realize they've got to change <laughs> their life. I think maybe this might be the one for, for, Non Star Trek fans, if you want to put them off again, you know if if you've um, if it's, I don't know how would it, you want to put someone off, but um, you know if you did if for some reason, if they're becoming a bit too into it, you know, <laughs>
0: it's the reality yeah. check episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, does that mean we recommend it? But it has to be for a certain point in your life. That you know, if you yeah, you just got it too much. In you, yeah, maybe. Stick on a bit of Oasis. Yeah. That's it. You
1: know. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, if, if someone's gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't think what too far is to be honest with you, because you know I think yeah, I've probably reached good. that point myself. So, you know, <laughs> um,
0: maybe too far is is making a podcast where you have to do everything in temporal uh, chronological order. That might be I think too you far. Might be right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe Oasis is the way that I should kick it, kick the <laughs> habit. I don't know. Definitely, maybe. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> one more one more for the road. Um right. Well, uh, that is it for our recommendations. Yep. Um a- anything else to say before we go? No,
1: I'm, no. i all I'm going to say is I'm looking forward to the next episode. I don't even know what it is, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: Wow. Well, let me just get my notes. Uh before we let you go, let's uh, plug away on the show whilst I'm getting my notes ready. I I left it to the one side and then thought, "Oh minute, I'm going to need that back." Right. Where can the listeners find you?
1: Um on Twitter, Academic Trek forty-seven. In fact, I'm recording a new episode, um, and this would have the episode would have come out long before because I keep forgetting that this is all being done efficiently. Unlike my my podcasting uh, organisational skills, this is very efficient. So this this hopefully hopefully let's let's look be positive and say there's a new episode coming out soon, even after you listen to this episode. Um, but there might not be. Who knows? Um, so anyway, yeah, Academic Trek forty-seven. You can listen to the podcast where you get your podcast excellent
0: yeah and it is a great show uh, listeners if you haven't already gone over you should have gone there by now i mean dan's been on the show he's now the co-host so by by law i think you have to listen to the co-host sure i think that's the way it works um but uh, thank, you for the good times. thank you for the good times hey i'm gonna get another one in it's still in there um for for all the previous episodes on uh, academic trek because uh, i love it i love the idea that people are sort of cheating, but not cheating now by using Star Trek in the the academic work to get by. Um, I really wish that had been a thing when I was growing up. (laughs) Um, But um, that's it. Um, uh, All that remains is for me to set up the next episode. So join us next time. Uh, Season 3, episode 24 of this podcast as we are jumping now back into the Netflix order and chronological order put together with season 1, episode 22 of Enterprise and Fallen Hero. Okay. Uh, bit of a Topol one. Yes. One. So, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Thanks as always for listening. Um, it is now midnight at the Oasis here.
1: Midnight at the
0: Oasis. Midnight at the Oasis. Not even an Oasis song, but it's got Oasis in the title. There we go. And uh, we'll see you in the next temporal timeline shift. Where's my sign out? i completely forgotten. I've completely forgotten what my sonate is uh,
1: I can't remember either. I don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this bit, after the setup
0: bit, people just switch off. It's fine. Um, oh, God, what is it? Oh, I'll see you in the next time stream. Boom, done. There we go. Oh, blimey. How could I get that? And finish. Stand by. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temporal Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temporal Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore writer. Scripted elements of the show a work of pure fan fiction, and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast, with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, If you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.